If you're a business leader looking to cut through IT jargon and get straight answers about technology, you're in the right place. We're here to help make tech work for you without talking like a robot. Welcome to Tech Exec, a business leader's guide to technology. Kevin, what do you get when a business owner, a website designer, and an IT person walk into a bar? I'm guessing it can't be anything good. Try a 24-hour email outage for the company. (laughs) How on earth does a website designer have anything to do with an email outage? Well, brace yourself, because by the end of this episode, you're going to find out. But before we get into that, we need to take a few steps back. Like, what is a website? Isn't that like an AOL chat room full of nerds? Okay, maybe we don't need to go that far back. I'm talking about a key company asset that is vital to day-to-day digital operations, yet rarely understood in the business community, the internet domain name. So, like a website. Kevin, I absolutely do not blame you for saying that, but in the next few minutes, I hope you realize why that statement causes me so much pain. Please, then, Chris, tell me and tell the listeners, what do we as business leaders need to know about domain names so we can better understand them? and why they're important to our business. Sure, so let's start with talking about what a domain name is. A domain name is a unique name used on the internet which follows a specific format, A.B. A represents the core name that you can come up with completely on your own, and B represents a set of predetermined suffixes that you can choose from, which are often things like .com or .org, but there's actually over 1,500 suffixes that exist. So like, Microsoft.com. Well, I've seen some wild ones out there. Something.solutions, something.xyz. But we'd recommend you probably just stick to the main ones like .com or .net. So tell us how one can end up owning a domain name. Yeah, so once you come up with a core name and choose a suffix, you can pay an annual registration fee to a company called a registrar. This would be a company like GoDaddy or if you're really unlucky, Network Solutions. A registrar grants you exclusive rights to use that particular domain name online. You don't really own the domain per se, it's more like a lease. As long as you continue to pay that annual registration fee, you will have full control over how that domain name is used. And if you don't pay those fees, that domain name can get registered by someone else for their exclusive use. So make sure you stay current. It's important to note Registrars offer other services too, such as email hosting, web design, etc. But don't get confused by this. Their core service and function is domain registration. Definitely. You must think of your public internet domain as a core company asset and a piece of your IT infrastructure. It should be treated like your servers or your firewall. You wouldn't just hand those over to anyone. They need to be treated with care by a professional who understands them. So now that you've paid the fees, you can start using the domain name. And to do that, you need to use a system, fittingly called Domain Name System, or DNS, to make your domain name do anything. Otherwise, registering the domain name alone doesn't really accomplish anything except preventing someone else from registering it. So let's dig into this DNS thing. DNS is kind of like an address book of the internet. It translates between your domain name and the actual services tied to that domain name. See, computers don't really talk to each other by name. They talk to each other by numbers, specifically IP addresses. 
All right, so it would be like addressing your family and friends by their social security number instead of their name. DNS allows us to use human-readable domain names instead of IP addresses when we're using the internet. Yeah, so you'll often see a website that's like www.company.com, but DNS allows you to also use something else.company.com. Right. A lot of times I'll see things like jobs.company.com or blog.company.com. While company.com would be considered your domain name, jobs. and blogs. would be considered subdomains. You pay to register a domain name, but beyond that, you can freely use as many subdomains as you want. Yeah. Even though www.company.com might be common, it's also important to understand that your domain name is not just about your website. But Chris, I bought this domain name because I wanted a website. So before we get into what else our domain name is used for, let's touch on our company website. Sure. So when you engage a web designer to put together a website for your company, they're going to use their preferred system of coding so that visually and functionally it operates how you expect. At the end of the day, however, they need to place that code on a computer system that can be accessed by others over the internet, which will then retrieve the code and display it in a browser to whoever is pulling up your site. That service or the computer holding that code is called a website host or a web hosting provider. And let me tell you, there's a ton of them. Yeah, there's GoDaddy, HostGator, Wix, Bluehost, and my favorite, WP Engine. And remember how I said computers talk using numbers called IP addresses? Yes, I do. So when I'm on my computer and go to your website, I type in your domain name and not a series of numbers. That's what DNS is for. Exactly. So when you sign up for a web hosting service, they will ultimately provide you with the IP address of your web server so that you can enter it into your DNS. All right, so this is starting to make sense, but that still doesn't explain why setting up a website could bring down my email. You're right, and it'll soon make sense. So let me tell you how email ties into DNS. Just like website hosting providers serve up your website, email hosting providers... Mm, Serve up your email? Like Gmail and Office 365. Right. And I'd have to assume email systems communicate by IP addresses as well. Exactly. So once again, DNS provides a convenient way to simplify emailing. Because of DNS, you can email info at company.com instead of info at a series of numbers. Just like your website hosting provider gives you an IP address for your website, your email hosting provider gives you a similar value for your email service. Sometimes this information is tucked away a little bit, but your hosting services will provide it. All right, so let's review what we've learned so far. Your domain name is your online identity. It's kind of like a business registration where you pay a small fee every year and you get exclusive use of a particular name. Domain names are usually .com, .net, .org, etc. DNS works hand-in-hand with your domain, but it's not the same thing. DNS acts as an address book on the internet, translating names into numbers because computers only speak in numbers, whereas humans, we rely on memorable names. Websites and email systems are the top two services that rely on DNS. It tells others on the internet what computer IP address to navigate to when you hit a company's website or you send them an email. DNS is what's responsible for basically saying that your website is hosted by GoDaddy and your email is operated by Office 365. 
So now that you understand some basics about your domain name and how DNS ties it together with various services like website hosting and email, I do want to circle back to talk about how this information is stored. The mapping between your domain name and associated services is called a DNS zone file. Think of this file like an Excel spreadsheet with two columns. In the left column, the type of service is listed. In the right column is who provides that service. For example, you might have a row that lists the website host as GoDaddy, or another row listing your email provider as Microsoft 365. Each of these individual associations is called a DNS record. Though website and email are the two most common types of records, a typical small company will often have a dozen or more DNS records in their DNS zone file, while a larger company may have a hundred or more. So let me make sure I understand this correctly. A DNS zone contains a collection of DNS records. And DNS records are what actually say what email system I use, what website provider I have, etc. That's exactly right. So now with that understanding, let's talk about how your website designer might not be the right person to manage your DNS. It sounds like the website record is only one of many. So how would a website designer mess up my email? Well, here it is. Though not always the case, website designers often do not understand the basics of DNS. It's really not their job either, but the problem is, when it's time to launch a website, most website hosts provide instructions to make a change to the company's DNS zone. So update the DNS record for the website, right? That would make sense. Yeah, and that's what you would think, but no. I mean, they provide instructions to switch out the entire DNS zone file, not just the website record. I'm talking about wiping out the whole zone file, you know, the collection of records which contains info on your website, your email system, e-commerce, remote access systems, and more and replace the whole thing with a blank zone containing just a single record. The website? Yeah, the website. So then how do systems know how to get to all those other things? Well, that's kind of the problem. They don't. To launch a new website correctly, the DNS zone as a whole should have stayed the same, but just the individual record for the website should have been updated. Instead, having changed out your entire zone, you're left in a situation in which your website works great, but your email and your remote access and many other things are broken. That's going to be a problem. Please tell me there's an undo button. Well, sort of. One problem is that often by the time the issue has been identified, undoing the mistake can sometimes take hours or even an entire day to fully take effect. And during that time, Anyone who tries to email into your company will be met with a rejection notice stating that your email address is invalid. Not a good look. And that is why this topic is so important for you business leaders to understand. Of all the clients we've worked with over the years, I'd be hard-pressed to name more than a couple who had any clue who their domain was registered through, who hosted their DNS, and who their website provider is. It's usually something that was set up many years ago by someone who isn't at the company anymore. And things just magically continue working until they need to make a change and are unable to, or one day all the things suddenly stop working. My word of advice is this. Make sure you understand who your providers are and how to access them. Your IT department or provider should manage these systems and accounts and act as gatekeepers for any changes. 
I literally cannot tell you how many times I've seen a business hand over direct access to a website designer for DNS, only to have them cause a major outage. It happens at least once or twice a year, and it's completely avoidable. So Kevin, let's sum this all up. What should the takeaways be for our business leaders listening out there? Your domain name is far more than just a path for your website. It's an entire online brand and identity. A domain name registration alone doesn't host or provide any services. It simply gives you exclusive rights to use that name online. Domain names are registered for certain lengths of time, but only reserve your ability to use them. Make sure you keep your registration up to date and make sure that credit card doesn't expire and go daddy. DNS is a service that actually translates your domain name into IP addresses of various services. It's like the phone book of the internet because humans are better at remembering names than the numbers used by computers. Website hosting and email communication rely on your domain and DNS working at all times. And lastly, your domain name and DNS are functions of your IT department or IT provider. Do not make the mistake of putting this responsibility in the hands of your website designer or even bill over in accounting. Small errors when dealing with domain names and DNS can have big consequences. So ensure these things remain in the hands of professionals who understand them. Sorry, Bill. No offense. Remember, technology is a powerful tool and it's your responsibility to use it well. Thanks for listening to Tech Exec, a business leader's guide to technology. Looking for more information about today's topic? Visit techexecpod.com for show notes or to set up a consultation with the Tech Exec Duo. If you've enjoyed our show, please rate and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And as always, we're here to help make technology work for you. See you next time.